this is the face. This is the face right here. And for those of you listening to the audio version of the Healing Face podcast, think about the boy who has the meme of the whatever face or the seriously face, just straight. Because what is there to say? What is there to say? There's no silver lining, so to speak. There's no joy brought about from this. There's no happiness here. There's no, well, it could be worse. This is worse. This is worse. And I'm not even going to be able to get to uh, Jeff Hardy can't control himself. I'm not even going to be anywhere near to all the other stuff that happened this weekend in pro wrestling because the dominating storyline happens to be the fall of the house of WWE. And it makes me a little bit embarrassed to be a pro wrestling fan right now. Anyway, how are you guys doing? It's me. It's me. The big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, kicking it with you on a Father's Day edition on a really happy positive or trying to be anyway version of the heel and face podcast a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary on the world of professional wrestling brought to you by heel turn wrestling and i did want to say that i did really start to have a positive weekend and it did some a lot from being able to hang out with my son for extended periods of time because for lots of very different reasons uh, don't get as much opportunity to as you normally do. And without going to cats in the cradle about it, I spent a lot of time Friday with them, hung out with them Saturday too. And Father's Day, you know, didn't work out how we wanted it to work out. We were trying, gonna plan to do something more family oriented, but it just didn't work out that way. But that's okay because I can still be here. Doing the podcast with you guys, getting your ideas, getting your frustrations, getting your anger out. And please, please, please do not hesitate to get into the chat. Do not hesitate to get live into uh, the Facebook page and comment below on the wacky wild world of world wrestling entertainment. You can hit me up on all my social media, actually, not just Facebook or Twitter, but you can Go wherever you feel comfortable, whether you want to go, whether you feel uh, like your social media wants and needs are moving, I'm probably going to be there. So all you have to do is just look up Heal and Face Podcast in most places, I will uh, pop up. So if you don't want to join me here on Facebook, that's fine. Uh, you can join me other places or Twitter. Twitter, I'm actually more active than, than anything else. And of course, if you don't have time or you're unable to join me for the full entire live Facebook podcast and you're more than welcome to join me on your favorite audio podcast streaming service either way you can get the full goodness of the heel and face podcast that way and you know just like everything else in sports wrestling is supposed to be our escape wrestling is supposed to be the way that which we kind of get away and shut off the rest of the craziness of the world and come to relax and enjoy and let some steam out, let some hair down, me not so much anymore for right now, but, uh, you know, just something to be able to just have a creative outlet, to be entertained and turn our brains off for a while. And yeah, here we are. Here we are. And uh, it's especially frustrating because, as you know, I'm also a huge Cleveland Browns fan. So 
Do I celebrate the fact that we have a top five quarterback in the NFL actually playing for the Browns first time in franchise history? Or do I basically shut football off this season if a sexual predator happens to be the quarterback of my football team? I mean, what, what do I do? Like, I don't even can't even wrap my head around it, to be honest. And this is the same with WWE. And I honestly, uh, I, I before I get into my huge rants, the huge takes on, on the whole uh, unveiling, unraveling, unfurling of what's going on in WWE at this moment, um, I'm just going to uh, just say, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I'm really glad that I have been trying to move away from the two quote unquote major North American promotions. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm finding different avenues. Uh, it's a bummer that ring of honor has kind of been absorbed into AEW, but uh, you know, I'll still keep everybody posted on MLW on, on NWA. And of course, any local promotions that are, that are out there, indie promotions or, you know, whomever catches my eye. So I'll just do what I can and maybe try to channel my energy into that direction. But um, before we get into it, before we really start talking about the debacle, the absolute nightmare that's going on with WWE right now, at least what we can do is we can celebrate the unsung heroes of professional wrestling that happens to be the third man or woman in the ring, the referee. And as you know me, if you follow my social medias, if you follow my Twitter handles, if you follow everything else that I do, you know that I have much love for referees. I think right now uh, some of the top referees in the business happen to be in WWE. It's not exclusive. I understand that I uh, think Dave Hebner Jr. is going to retire after being in wrestling for 20 years. And, you know, like it or not, he was a pretty daggone good official. As far as other officials go, as far as other referees go, outside of WWE, there's there's a lot of quite good ones. Paul Curtis, even though he spends a lot of his time in AEW now because Ring of Honor got bought. bought. Um, Todd Sinclair has uh, unfortunately been the butt of a 25-year-old joke. Uh, he's a pretty decent referee. He just had that one mess up, and now people destroy him for it or continue. I think it's more in love now in jest than anything else. There's some really good referees out there. Eddie Arango is the top of his game. Rudy Charles was doing great work last night. Jessica Carr, top of her game. Um, a lot of really good, talented referees in the WWE, but... I think two of uh, the all-time best were from the 80s and 90s. Unfortunately, we lost WWE great referee Dave Hebner, who recently passed away, along with longtime referee Tim White. Both came as an absolute shock uh, as far as when it happened. Not that they weren't in poor health. They actually were. If I'm not mistaken, Dave Hebner had been suffering from Parkinson's disease for the last five to 10 years of his life. And, and Tim White had been uh, battling cancer off and on, if I'm not correct. If you know the full story out there, please uh, drop it in the comments below. Let me know. But these great uh, wrestling icons, 
unfortunately uh, joined the great squared circle in the sky. As you know, Dave Hebner and his twin brother Earl were stalwarts in the WWE. And quite frankly, if they didn't get greedy and commit the one cardinal sin from Vince McMahon, they would still have been the company today. And that was don't take money from Vince McMahon. Let's get the negative out of the way. The whole reason why uh, Dave and Earl left the WWE, the reason why the Hebners were persona non grata is they also owned their own printing service, T-shirt printing service. And what they would do is any extra surplus that WWE was going to get rid of as far as stock, back stock or out of print T-shirts, um, the Hebners apparently borrowed and resold. Because apparently, according to them, it was going to get thrown out anyway. And when you mess with Vince's money, that's when he comes after you. So that's why. But other than that, Dave Hebner and Earl found themselves embroiled in a storyline in 1988, almost right before Hulk Hogan started thinking about leaving the company, when the... uh, the double switch came out and it came to pass that we knew that there were twins, the infamous Andre, the giant, uh, I'm sorry, not Andre, the giant, uh, the infamous Ted DiBiase storyline where, uh, Dave was in the cage and Earl was the referee. And, uh, you know, uh, Earl had to do the deal down the middle or else something would happen to Dave and he couldn't interfere. Uh, the first time the WWE tried to do twin magic and then the iconic picture of Hogan hooking up, realizing that there's two different Earls or two different Hebners. Uh, that's the most iconic. Um, Dave also refereed the arguably the, one of the greatest professional wrestling matches of all time, if not the most uh, greatest professional wrestling match of all time. Uh, that would be Savage and Steamboat at WrestleMania three. He also refereed Savage versus Hogan at WrestleMania 5. So he would definitely be missed. His presence was felt. And he was always willing and able to ref every once in a while. He did slow down at the end of his years. But, I mean, he did go and uh, he would work with TNA and he'd work wherever he could and always went to fan conventions and everybody remembered him. So, you know, good for him. And as far as Tim White goes, Again, a guy that's been there forever, uh, started off as a part-timer, basically the Andre the Giant Wrangler before Downtown Bruno came into the fold, Downtown Bruno, a.k.a. Harvey Whippleman. Tim White was the guy who was supposed to make sure Andre got on uh, the plane, got on the train, got in the car, wherever he needed to do in order to get to the next city. And the fact that uh, he also had to make sure that Andre was well lubricated, inebriated, drunk, whatever you want to call it, had a lot of uh, liquid courage, so to speak. Tim White had to drive him around. And then that alone proved his loyalty to the business. So he started getting more work as a referee. Uh, Tim White, very prominent throughout the 90s as a referee. I think he at some point it was either he or Mike Kyoto were the senior referees in charge of the whole brigade. And the uh, infamous accolades uh, protection agency barroom brawl match with the Dudley boys was out of Tim White's bar. And I think you can see him in the background tending bar. They've actually gone to his bar twice, I think, and poured it up. So uh, 
you know, good for Tim White, always a class guy as far as you never really noticed he was in the ring. He was involved with a lot of big angles, a lot of big matches, and he was a guy that you could rely on. And I can't believe that I've done like 10 minutes on referees, but you will always get love from referees here on the Heel and Face podcast. So RIP Dave Hebner and Tim White. All right. Well, usually there's no good way to segue from a passing of someone important. But then again, the information that I'm going to be sub segueing to is not exactly the best either. You ready, kids? I mean, are you really ready? We're going to do as much as we can before I take a quick break because I actually did watch SmackDown in the expectation of Vince McMahon addressing the public. And that was even a mistake. We'll get to that as we talk SmackDown, but let's get to the number one issue. And that is the biggest news, the biggest issue, the biggest problem. WWE CEO and chairman Vince McMahon voluntarily steps down amid allegations of sexual assault and misappropriation of funds. So no one is 100% sure the timing of this, how or why. It's never It never is good timing because the federal government moves when it wants to. And we are not sure who may have tipped everything off. But the dam has burst. There's too many holes in the dike and it just exploded. There's no, there was no way to get around this. Uh, this is the red wedding of the WWE for sure. I'm sure there will be gifs, sorry, gifs made of all of this happening and putting, sticking everyone's faces on everyone at the red wedding of Game of Thrones lore. But this is huge in a multitude of ways. The most the most damaging way is, is that this may actually end up with Vince McMahon at 78 years old, finally seeing some type of jail time or monetary punishment for his actions as CEO of WWE. Yes, he escaped the steroid trial. Yes, he escaped other such malfeasance before because nothing ever stuck. He was like the Teflon Don of CEOs. Well, this is pretty damaging. This is going to sting. And there is a lot of fire to the smoke before it was just smoke. And it was almost an inside joke, right? For wrestling fans. Oh yeah. Vince loves the ladies. LOL. Vince, you know, does his thing. It's, Kind of a sham marriage between him and in uh, Linda, and Linda sure got to act out a lot of her frustrations during the Attitude Era, <laughs> you know. But Vince enforcing his family to live in the square is now really having to live in the square, and now legit feelings are being hurt. Now families legit torn apart. Vince and Linda have officially separated after 56 years, uh, despite the fact that it's not a secret that Vince and Linda not only recently have led separate lives, but that Vince and Linda probably have been on and off their marriage, their almost entire 56 year 
that they were married. So it's not a surprise to wrestling fans. It's not a shock to wrestling fans, but it certainly is a disappointment. And the fact that this is all happening now seems very Wolf of Wall Street. And Vince is not going to be the only one that escapes punishment here, by the way. There are multiple names that have some type of corporate malfeasance labeled to them. As you can uh, see right there, Johnny Ace, Johnny Laranitis, is also accused of sexual misconduct. Uh, very disgusting details coming out. I don't know 100% whether or not uh, there is an accuser or, or a, a female, a specific female. There was something floated online just today, just before I got on with you guys, that named a possible uh, the possible victim in all this. So, I mean, that's still out there. Um, but things came to light that Vince McMahon hired the victim to work as a paralegal and work for Vince's personal paralegal, like basically work for him personally underneath his, his wing. And miraculously out of nowhere, started giving this woman, the victim, bonus money, her salary almost tripling in the span of a year, and then going from $100,000 to $200,000 for a payoff, all the way to $3 million for the final payoff. The other disturbing information that came out of it was that at some point this victim was passed around to John Laurinaitis described as passing around a new toy. Just how sadly immorally abhorrent that is. Like you can't even describe it. You can't describe it. Imagine. And this is why these laws and these harassment laws are in place. And we just came off, by the way, not to bring, you know, other things out, but we just kind of came off of how one person, one woman Amber Heard basically blackmailed her boyfriend emotionally saying, no one's going to believe you because they're only going to believe me because of the Me Too movement. They're not going to believe that a man beat up a, or got beat up by a woman. And now we're going back 180 and we actually see this whole Me Too movement process actually work. Unfortunately, the, the woman who was the victim, uh, was described by her friend as so emotionally shocked by the whole situation, emotionally uh, traumatized that uh, she quit out of fear. So she still got the payoff. She still got the money, but it was still emotionally disturbing and shocking to her the fact that she just had to quit to get out of the WWE corporate environment. So on top of that on top of the sexual dalliance and, and I mean it's not even I shouldn't even that's that's kind of a pejorative term I'm going to use sexual assault I'm sorry I'm not going to say dalliance I'm not going to say uh misstep no this is having an affair with a co-worker that you hired specifically based on looks knowing that you could be a predator and take advantage of her and then try to pay her off so it doesn't look bad. I mean, and that's bad and awful and evil. And then you couple that on top of the fact that not only did the WWE go through all those talent cuts 
There were many people that are speculating that the reason why all of those talent got cut was so they could put the money together for this hush money fund. So right there, you're going to have an SEC violation because you're taking corporate funds, the WWE's profit, and you're taking it and you're putting it toward, uh, I wouldn't say illegal activity because WWE is uh, the champion when it comes to NDAs. But putting that money, corporate money, toward paying someone off is a little bit illegal. So I don't, again, don't want to admit them. I don't want to minimize sexual assault. I don't want to uh, minimize someone uh, being put in a powerless situation, being abused by a higher up, being abused by superior. That's why we have sexual harassment laws in place. I don't want to minimize that. Um, so I'll just say like, 90% of this is Vince McMahon thinking he can hire a woman just to ultimately sleep with her. The 10% of this is where the SEC, the federal government, and the board itself doesn't really take kindly to using its funds to fund someone else's good time and sexual abuse. Just doesn't. But speaking of inappropriate funds this bit of information in the internal audit that was taking that's taking place at wwe right now is coming to a lot of people's enjoyment and happiness and i know that right now there is a certain retired southern professional wrestling booker manager personality turned podcaster who is probably doing backflips to hear this now, but no one will be spared. Long-term WWE executive Kevin Dunn was also accused of insider trading. So you know when WWE's profit margin was released and how they were still making a profit despite having to cut all those wrestlers, despite having to cut all that talent. And remember when Stephanie decided she was going to start cashing out, getting away, getting away. Well, Triple H and Stephanie must have timed it appropriately because Kevin Dunn apparently is not smart enough to do that. He is being accused of selling his stock after hearing about the next quarter for the WWE and how their profit was going to definitely uh, skyrocket. So, he heard about how much money he was going to make, held off, and then when that time came, he was he cashed in uh, all of his investments in all his stock in WWE, sold it back to the company, and made a profit. Well, the problem with that is, is that because he had inner knowledge of the company, he was able to profit off of that, and that's kids what we call insider trading. Uh, now it's bad enough that Kevin Dunn is a perv in and of himself. Uh, how, you know, he's the uh, cotton panties guy. He's the uh, the divas guy. He's the guy who books the, the women wrestlers to do the, the jelly and the mud and the bikini and all that kind of crap matches. Which, by the way, honestly, if I was 
Tori Wilson or Kelly Kelly or, you know, Michelle McCool or any of those ladies, I would I, I would even look into maybe civil suit or something about sexual harassment there. But, you know, again, I don't know how that legally works. That's in the past. But we do know that this could be some type of penalty, huge penalty and or prison time for Kevin Dunn. And it could even be. Uh, his undoing in WWE as well. I'm, I hope it is, to be brutally honest, because I don't really, I don't really like when people lose their jobs for because it's bad karma. I know I lost my job because I was unfairly uh, treated by my boss, basically by the principal of the, the high school, and uh, they made it really, really bad for me uh, to work there. Basically, ran me out. But it wasn't for anything that I was doing badly. I mean, it wasn't any laws I was breaking. It wasn't I was doing anything crazy. Uh, you know, I it just got to be a bad situation for me. But for Kevin Dunn, you know, this guy has been able to go above and beyond the, the fray. He's survived everything, kind of like a cockroach. He always keeps popping up. He's always behind the scenes. He's always around. He's, he's always, uh, you know, and, and for every good thing he, he may have done, the most important of which of course is saving all the Coliseum videotapes from a, a van that caught fire. So that guaranteed him a job for life with Vince McMahon. But uh, you know, some of the things that he did as a producer, uh, you can, you can say, okay, that was good. That was that was awesome. But a lot of the things he did as producer, again, those silly jump cuts, mood lighting, not lighting the wrestlers in spotlight, uh, you know, just the goofy stuff that he would come up with, uh, the, the, the bad wrestling matches. You know, a lot of people are not sad that he's about to lose his job. And, you know, I'm kind of not too sad either, especially if you're profiting off of knowledge of the company's profits. So we've got a uh, definitely, definitely a very scary situation brewing for CEO Vince McMahon and his family. How is this going to affect the sale of WWE going further? How is this going to affect the machine that is WWE? Will we finally see the changing of the guard that we've always wanted? Will we finally see things get better and change in WWE? Who knows exactly, but what we'll do is I'll take a quick break. And when I come back, we will talk about what the future might actually look like as far as the structure of WWE and, you know, maybe something shocking, something surprising, maybe on the horizon, maybe uh, this will be a good thing, a good positive thing for uh, WWE in the future. Uh, who knows? The one thing I know is uh, we're going to take a quick break. And you are listening to the Heel and Face podcast and watching the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary maybe on the world of professional wrestling if we ever actually talk about pro wrestling uh we'll i'll be back in a few uh seconds so stay with me be right back all right everybody what's going on it is me it is me the big old stevie c steve castle and here with you on 
not going to lie, a depressing edition of the Healing Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Not going to lie, it's not not upsetting. It's not not sad. It is what it is, um, and we just kind of have to deal with it. Uh, other than the fact that I had an amazing weekend, Father's Day, and by the way, Happy Father's Day to you out there. Happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there in the world, not named Vince McMahon. And uh, just remember, appreciate the parents that you have because you may not have them ever. I don't want to get too depressing with that. Maybe I'm just in a funky mood because of what's going on in WWE. But you know what? Appreciate your parents. Give them give them more than just a call. Try to visit. Try to go over. Try to uh, bring some food or go over there for dinner. Or you know, at least give thanks. Give a shout out to dad for working hard, providing for you and making you uh, comfortable and bringing you to a place in your life where you're able to have success. Shout out to all the dads out there, from granddad to dad to future dads. Love y'all and uh, keep. Keep working hard, keep striving, and keep being you. Before we get into the possibility of what the WWE structure, at least in my opinion, might look like, let's talk about the structure of the show. Let's talk really briefly about the structure of the show. As you know from the beginning card or whatever, uh, the the mid-show card, and I'll flash it up here again. Just a programming note, starting in about a month, about three weeks from now, July 10th, I'm going on live on Facebook at 10 a.m. Okay, so set the reminders. Uh, make sure that you like and share the page. Make sure you set the reminder so you yourself can uh, be aware. I'm going to be on early. I know you like to enjoy watching me with a beer, winding your day down, listening to me talk wrestling uh, while you prepare for the pay-per-view. That was the whole reason I set up that time to be able to just uh, wind you up for the pay-per-view or premiere live event. And I know you enjoyed that thoroughly, but what I'm going to do is uh, have, have no other way to put it. I'm going to have a life event that's going to happen. It's going to change my schedule. So I'm going to be scheduling for uh, the morning. So instead of joining me for a beer around dinner time, you can join me for coffee in the morning and we can talk professional wrestling there. So just be aware, July 10th, starting at 10 a.m., the Heal and Face podcast will be moving to that time spot. Now, uh, continuing on our discussion, or my discussion, and by the way, please feel free to comment in the section below. I don't get a chance to answer much from the heel turn wrestling side, although I do try to check it. Please go to the heel and face page side and check me out there. If you have any questions or concerns, or if you have uh, something that you want to jump in on as far as the debate goes. And I would love to talk because I'm not an egomaniac, right? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And you'll convince me you'll, you'll correct me. You'll make sure that I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I've got my facts right. 
sometimes I love talking about stuff so much that I'm not saying I don't have the facts. I'm saying that things might be a little off and you're always welcome to fact check me. I have no fear of fact checking. So please do. And this is something that you can definitely fact check me on what I'm about to say right here, which is. uh, As far as the corporate structure goes. I don't know anything about corporations. I don't. If I did, I wouldn't be sitting here. So I don't know how things happen. I don't know what the onus is or this guy having this job and this girl having that job. Okay. I don't know how that all works. It's it's all, it's like if you're old enough to remember frozen caveman lawyer from Saturday night live when Saturday night live was funny. Um, you remember, you know, Phil Hartman's character is, I'm just a frozen caveman lawyer. I don't know any of this. That was kind of the premise of that skit. And like Frozen Caveman Lawyer, I'm just a guy in my basement doing a wrestling podcast. I don't know anything about corporations. But what I do know is once your company becomes publicly traded, the board does not answer to one particular person. The board answers to the board and the people in the board answer to the board. Yes, there's Decisions that are made, yes, corporate structure has to be one person at the top, that's the hierarchy, and then everyone else underneath. But there are structures also in place where the executive vice presidents and CEOs and CFOs, and depending on what your rank is, you have a say, and you have stock, and you have uh, responsibilities to the board and to the business that trump even the people who've been there at the beginning who founded the company, right? I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time, It's a Wonderful Life. The Bailey Building and Loan wasn't bigger. Well, I mean, wasn't just uh, George Bailey's dad. It was the board. And of course, Potter was on the board. For those of you, if I'm, by the way, if I'm going too far back with my references, also let me know. Please let me know. But, you know, if you remember from that movie, George uh, was stuck because they were going to either dissolve the Bailey savings and loan and Potter was going to win or they were going to keep the board alive, keep the building and loan alive with George Bailey as the president. So the Bailey Savings and Loan became bigger than George's father, than Uncle Billy, than anybody else, including George. And there were more responsibilities placed within the board than one person. That's why they moved with George Bailey, if I'm getting too deep into the weeds as far as my uh, analogy goes. Well, the same thing is true in all publicly traded companies. Now, I don't have enough time to debate whether or not ultimately it was a smart idea for Vince McMahon to take the WWE public. You reap what you sow, and at some point, if the end goal was for Vince McMahon to hold on to WWE until he was 80 and then say, look what I did, poof, I'm out of here, and be able to sell a company that he bought with maxed out credit cards and begged his dad to give him and turn it into a global phenomenon, a multi-billion dollar company, then he does deserve props for that. But if he was going to take that next step, he would have had to sell it. He would have had to 
make it a publicly traded company instead of a private company, or else it would have still stayed within the small confines of the WWE. So you can debate until the cows come home, but if you want to move the direction you wanted to move the company in, then there was no other choice than to hire a president from outside of the company. And honestly, for better or for worse, the right one is Nick Khan. The whole animus, all right, maybe animus is the wrong word, onus, reason, driving force behind this is that Nick Khan's job is not to make Vince McMahon happy. Nick Khan's job is to oversee the company and make sure that things run smoothly enough for everything that needs to happen, happen. And he knows that there is no way that the WWE is ever going to be successfully sold to another media company. If you got uh, executives, and here's my one cuss word of the podcast, playing grab ass with interns in the legal department. And it's not even grab ass. It's more like stalking and attacking people. That's beside the point. Nick Khan is not interested in playing the same game that the McMahons are playing. Nick Khan isn't interested in rolling this good boy network, keeping it pushing. Nick Khan is interested in taking the WWE to the next step, the next logical step to be bought by either Comcast, NBC Universal, to be bought by Disney, or to be bought by Fox. That is his whole job, News Corp, Fox. That is his whole job. He doesn't have to do anything else. And not only that, it's also his whole job to make sure, as CRO, by the way, is uh, for Chief Revenue Officer. In other words, he is the one that is in charge with making all the deals that keep WWE a viable uh, commodity to be bought by potential buyers, by Comcast, NBC Universal, by Disney, by Netflix. I mean, throw in whatever you want by uh, News Corp Fox, right? He doesn't really answer to Vince. Even when he was brought in, it was a frosty relationship, right? But Vince trusted Nick Khan to do what he needed to do in order to make the WWE as palatable as possible when the eventual sale of the WWE were to happen. Well, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it you reap what you sow. I don't know if if that's appropriate metaphor here just because it's not like Vince wanted this to happen anyway, but the inevitability of trying to sell his franchise, to, to sell his company to, to the public this is a uh, necessary step to do it. Well, turns out that this step is too good. That this step was too successful. That 
Nick Khan is going to do what he's going to do in order to make the board money, in order to make the board a profit, and in order to make the WWE a viable commodity to be sold. And if that means legally forcing a senile 76-year-old egomaniac out of his office, then he and the Tyrannosaurus Rex skull can bounce. And I know recently on Twitter and everywhere I go, people accuse me of being a, you know, a WWE stan and an AEW hater and how all I do is jock ride on WWE. That's not true at all. I've challenged people to go back to old episodes of the Healing Face podcast to see how much disdain I actually do have for Vince. So honestly, if this thing blows up, the WWE will keep rolling along just like everything else, but we won't have Vince and Kevin Dunn and John Laronitis and all these creepy old dudes floating around there anymore. I mean, the rumors have been out there, right? The former Nia... Jack's uh, Lala Fanene, she tweeted something similar about uh, the old perverts that are still running the business, running the company. Excuse me. You've got other people coming out of the woodwork. Former uh, drama king Aiden English, Matthew Reinhold, tweeted recently that when I was let go, of the, by the WWE, it was the saddest day in my life. Five years later or whatever, I'm so happy I'm no longer with that company. We've got people coming out of the woodwork on Twitter, on social media, praising, thanking their lucky stars that they're not there anymore because of how weird the environment has gotten. But I think that's also a testament to those who are staying. And I didn't even, again, get to the fact that Sasha Banks was released by WWE. That's kind of a different thing. I'm not going to include that here. I'm going to maybe talk about that some other time. The fact that Sasha Banks left or was was fired, that, that, that that's... How many times can you let somebody pout and take their ball and go home? But for the majority of people there, I mean, look at all the people that have resigned. Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin Nash, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes just came back. All of these guys and gals that are still there, that are still signed with the company, they must believe in something because it's not like there's a massive exodus. There's not like there's a big walkout. There's not a there's not a protest. There's you know Xavier Woods is not leading the charge of the troops to exit both locker rooms and. Uh, picket the stadium, you know, wanting to wanting to leave the ship. So there's not a whole bunch of um, people, not, and I can't read people's minds. I'm assuming they're just as disturbed as everyone else, but I would also like to think that there's someone smart back there going, wait this thing out. I'm sure there's somebody from corporate somewhere, but could even be Stephanie herself saying, let's just wait this out. Wait this out. Whatever outcome, you guys are still going to be employed. We're still going along as as directed. So who knows? But speaking of Stephanie, I think it is very uh, telling and very encouraging to see that she has been brought back to be uh, the uh, uh, CEO, at least the interim CEO. 
And I think that helps people feel a lot better about it in the long run for a couple of different reasons. One is stability. Two is, uh, you know, continuity. Three is that people who know what they're doing are actually there. So for Stephanie to become CEO, I think it'd be a brilliant move. They should just, like I said, just like I referred to earlier, pull a George Bailey and just say, George, if you walk away, we're getting rid of this thing. And by the way, as an aside, now I'm rambling, but as an aside, I also got into it with AEW fans about, uh, um, I'll be crying with tears of joy if all these executives leave. Wow. Like, really? Like, that's where you are in your life, that you're so emotionally invested that creepy old white guys lose their jobs in that manner? I mean, I guess that's fine. Um, and yes, uh, there should be more than just civil litigation. There should be probably criminal prosecution going along with all that. But don't act like you want the WWE all of a sudden to sink like the Titanic and then Tony Khan uh, uh, riding a uh, boat filled with cocaine to come and scoop everybody up and save the day. That ain't happening. And that's certainly not going to be uh, certainly not going to, uh, to to be good for the industry. Talent wise, industry economy wise, I hate to say this because I hate these companies that claim that they're too big to fail. I think the WWE may actually fall in the category of it being too big to fail. And I hate saying that because I want every bad company to fail. I'm not the type of person that wants to keep paying subsidies for large corporations to continue, like oil companies and all this kind of stuff, and like GM and all that. Um, but I think that the vacuum of professional wrestling will be so gutted if WWE does fold or at least changes corporate hands that it might be a wreck. It, it might be a while before uh, the wrestling world might recover from that. So what you want is stability. What you want are people that know what they're doing, people who've been in the business for a long time. So to have Stephanie as a CEO would be an amazing uh, promotion for a lot of different reasons. Or could we possibly see another second generation promoter takeover at WWE? I threw this out there as complete hilariousness. I think this would be hilarious if this happened. And I don't know if it will or if it won't. Um, I think it just could be a great comeuppance and a full 360, so to speak. But could a Jarrett finally become CEO of WWE? I'm not going to spend too much time on this speculation. I just think it's kind of cute, funny, and hilarious to talk about it. But as you all know, if you're old like me, you know. That during the steroid scandal of the early 90s, Jeff Jarrett's father, Jerry Jarrett, was the Plan Z DEFCON 5 choice to take over as CEO of WWE if, in fact, Vince and other wrestlers were going to not be in the public eye for very long. So during the trials, uh, as far as interim basis, we all know Pat Patterson and Briscoes and uh, Tony Gurria and uh, all those guys kind of kept 
the 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 uh, the ball rolling while Vince was embattled with legal problems with the steroid scandal. But I think everybody, including Vince, knew that he was probably going to either, if not survive it barely, he was definitely going to beat it. Because unfortunately, they did not have strong evidence against Vince McMahon, basically. What they wanted was Vince McMahon in the 90s to go up uh, to wrestlers and say, inject this into your butt or you get fired, pal. That's basically what they wanted. They couldn't 100% prove that Vince was supplying or applying wrestlers uh, quid per quo. You use steroids, you get bigger, you become a bigger name. They couldn't pin that 100%. They couldn't say that Vince was threatening to fire people if they didn't do steroids. So that never stuck. But the again, the ripcord, the emergency backup ripcord to Vince going to prison was going to be Jerry Jarrett taking over WWE, and even Jeff Jarrett admitted on the Broken Skull Sessions that his dad did not want it. But I think this was mentioned, and I'll have to go back to the Broken Skull Sessions, or just so in life in general. Uh, I don't know if Jeff himself said it, or Steve suggested it, or I'm going to say it right now. The person who least wants it should have it. The person who least wants to be president should be president. The person who's going to hate responsibility should be the responsible one. Why, for a while, Julius Caesar did not want to become Caesar. He did not want to become the ruler of Rome by himself. Not because of the responsibility. He felt a great duty to the Roman Empire, but it was the fact that he was not leadership material in that way but there was no choice he was given the role of caesar and he had to take it well the sole reason why vince wanted jerry to, other than the fact that jerry was a brilliant and very capable promoter in and of himself and the fact that the uh, wwe did have a great relationship with us uh wf and all that was the fact that Jerry Jarrett didn't want to be the CEO of WWE, and he knew and the second Vince walked in, back into the office, he could just hand it right back to Vince and say, here you go, buddy, I just kept the seat warm for you. Which, again, is a benefit of having a family-owned business, right? So could Jeff Jarrett, who just basically walked back in, speaking of walking back in, who basically walked back into the WWE about two weeks ago to become the director of premier live events and live event engagement or something like that. Could he be doing the Jeff Jarrett strut right back in and become CEO of WWE? Uh, that would be hilarious. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it would be hilarious to, to think about it, uh, so to speak. So I just threw that in there for a bit of fun, but in a, in another bit of seriousness, let's say that Tony Khan does what Tony Khan do. And let's just say that he does completely take over the WWE and that he has done the deed and excised the cancer that is Kevin Dunn and James or John Laurinaitis. Sorry, James. John Laurinaitis and uh, Vince McMahon or whatever. It just got rid of all the terribleness. What would be a lineup that would be incredible? That would be 
pretty amazing. That would be a lineup that you could get behind, I wonder. Well, here's my here's my suggestions. Looking at corporate structure as WWE has it structured. And this is going right from their website, okay? They have a chairman and a CEO. They have president, chief revenue officer, which is Nick Khan. Uh, they have the brand officer, but I think they, Steph, when Stephanie stepped down, I think Nick Khan took over as a brand officer. Not 100% sure. And of course, uh, you know, Triple H, aka Paul Levesque, uh, stepped down, but I think that's something that they can recreate for him if he were ever to come back. Uh, Frank Riddick III is the CFO, the chief financial officer, and the chief administrative officer. Which, again, that's not just a title that you just give. I know it sounds like it is chief administrative officer, but somebody has to know what who's supposed to be where and do what and when to have this meeting and all that. So, you know, it's kind of his uh, his purview as well. And, of course, uh, old uh, Bucky Beaver himself, Kevin Dunn, uh, in charge of uh, television production and global uh, TV distribution. So. Why not then? Why not have this? Why not have Steph as CEO and chairwoman basically taking over Vince's role? Tony, Con- Tony, oh my God, Tony Connell running WWE. It would be running to the ground. Um, Nick Khan stays on as president and CRO. Triple H, what if Trips comes back? What if Trips comes back and assumes his role of talent and uh, management? and takes on the role a little bit of branding too. What if he also kind of takes some of that responsibility from uh, Nick Khan and shoves it to him so he can not only develop talent and work with the NIL and work with all the stuff that he's working with and be able to scout and be able to make sure that every wrestler that comes to the Performance Center is ready to go and all that stuff. And basically just do what he's been doing before he had a heart attack. And then have a less serious schedule on top of it so he can play uh, Mr. Mom and he can have uh, his health in the right place and still be an effective job uh, being back in the company. What if Jeff Jarrett took over for Kevin Dunn and they switched Kevin Dunn's uh, responsibilities a little bit to tweak it to fit Jeff Jarrett so that Jarrett would be in charge of television Jarrett would be in charge of the premier live events, the pay-per-views, and he would also be in charge of uh, live engagement. So he'd be in charge of how the accesses are set up. He could be in charge of any time the WWE goes to Special Olympics, that kind of thing. So maybe taking the brand officer role, maybe kind of spreading it out between Nick and Triple H and Jeff Jarrett. Wouldn't that be the best possible scenario for the leadership model for WWE. That would be a board that could be sold to any potential buyers. For one reason, which is its stability, its continuity. And you can take all of the wokeness, you can take all of the we have to check the boxes to see who is where and does what, which I'll get to in a minute. But the bottom line for every business is they have to see stability, they have to see continuity, and they have to see committed people who are committed to the growth of the product. 
You have a man running the show as CEO and chairwoman. You have her husband part of the board. And you have another uh, second, third generation promoter on the board. So you're talking about three people who are invested in the professional wrestling business who are on the board of directors. You've got Nick Khan, who is from the entertainment world. You've got my boy hanging in there for dear life, Frank Riddick. So what does that leave? That leaves a lineup of stable, competent people who are going to take the WWE into the next era, into the next generation, into the next millennium, whatever you call it, okay? And then, of course, checking all the boxes. It checks all the boxes, right? Female CEO of a billionaire company, check. You have a person of color as the president, check. You have relatives of the vestigial aspect of WWE being a family-run company, check and check. You have someone with old-school sensibilities but knows how to market the product, check. That's Jeff Jarrett. And you know you have someone who's also competent and capable of putting together a visually appealing product for TV, which is Jeff Jarrett, so check. So right there you got, and you have continuity and stability again with my boy, Frank Riddick, hanging out, doing the numbers. So really what you have here is you have at least five people who are competent and could run the WWE in the direction that a publicly traded company needs to go. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I like that. I think that that's something that's palatable. I think that's something that'll work. I think it checks all the boxes. And I think it just makes sense. It makes sense. Nick Khan isn't the Khan everyone wants, but he's the Khan that everyone deserves. And hopefully this shakeup will send a message hopefully this shakeup will uh lead to improving the product and making it better but i don't know i don't see uh we'll see we'll just we'll just have to wait and see i'm not sure if it's going to do that or not so um we shall see now here is uh the funny part so i'll do this very quick I'll uh, I'll try to do this as fast as I can. I forgot to prepare for this, but well, I, I shouldn't say forgot to prepare for it, but I forgot to make time for it. And I went really, really long with uh, my analysis of the future of WWE that I didn't even really consider the fact that I did actually watch SmackDown and that I do have some comments on it. So uh, let's get to it, okay? And within the first five minutes. I regretted it. Now they did say uh, memory of, I believe they said memory of Dale, uh, Dave Hebner. So at least they got that. But 
of course, big mistake to lead in with the ratings. It wasn't a repentant Vincent Kennedy McMahon sitting at a desk, forward, chin forward, spotlight, subdued, gray, offering an apology of some sort to the fans of the WWE. Oh, no, 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 no. Because even for this, we can't break character. Even for this, we got a pop rating. Even for this, we got to be insincere. And this really fell flat. Even for me, as a pro wrestling fan, as a WWE fan, somebody who's taken a lot of crap from Vince McMahon over the years, even for me, this is a little low. And it definitely fell on deaf ears. So Vince McMahon doesn't come out as the uh, repentant, even, somebody, even sincere. I'll take if I'll take sincere. I would have taken sincere out of Vince McMahon. If he would have sat down, he would have just said, ladies and gentlemen, fans, as you know, with the light of a recent issue occurring within the structure of the WWE, I have been advised or I have decided to take a leave of absence as chairman and CEO of WWE. My actions as chairman and CEO have led to the circumstance Everything will come out to light. In the meantime, I'm going to be taking a break from WWE and that I will let things happen as they go. You know, anything other than what he did would have been completely acceptable. Which, as you know, if you watch SmackDown, he went full Vincent K. McMahon, no chance in hell, heel, evil Vince McMahon. It was getting booed, despite what the noise that they pumped it or he tried to edit. Vince McMahon was getting booed. They tried to mute the crowd noise with neutral noise. It wasn't boo. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it was more like a din portion. Not to get anybody to, to cheer him. And I'm sure there were some people there cheering him. And yes, there were some people who were giving him the, uh, I we're not worthy, right? But for the most part, uh, he was getting booed. And you could tell and there was no amount of overdubbing of the crowd noise that was going to deter fans from booing him. And we deserve it. I'm not saying he doesn't. Man. I'm not saying he doesn't. But anyway, the man comes out, then he throws out the then, now, forever, together. So again, I'm with you guys, right? I'm part of you. It's because of you guys that all of this is possible. And, and thank you from the bottom of my heart. We're in this together. Like, we're in together. I can be assaulted a illegal and they paid a million dollars. When I'm not in anything with you. I'm not. I'm barely trying to rationalize in an inflation-ridden recession to continue to pay $9.99 a month to see you. I'm not in any of this with you. And this definitely fell on deaf ears. This is basically Vince getting up like Jordan Belfort and Wolf of Wall Street. I know it's Leonardo Captain. It's Vince getting up in front just saying, I'm not effing going anywhere. Vince is fully confident that this is going to blow over just like everything else. He and old Jerry, it. I really are convinced that this legal stuff is just going to wash right away. And because she signed an NDA, uh, it doesn't mean an admission of guilt for anybody. And she was uh, paid off or whatever, blah, blah. It doesn't solve anything. And again, it doesn't stop the criminal action that might brought against him, whether it's sexual assault or whether it's a payoff. Or both, hopefully, right? Uh, so Mr. McMahon come out as evil Mr. McMahon fell on deaf ears. He should have... Not apologize, don't want to apologize because I have the mission of But he should have come out and said, do the actions I am uh, voluntarily relinquishing my duties as CEO. And I hope to one day be part of this great business that, along with you fans, I helped 
free agent. So he did not want anybody to forget who he was. He did not want anyone to forget who was in charge. And he didn't want to forget anyone who uh, who run all this stuff. So upsetting, depressing, uh, not at all surprising. I really wish that uh, he would have uh, been more sincere in addressing the crowd, but what do I? Just a guy down in his basement talking wrestling. So let's just go over, because there were some big things that happened, some big news that happened. Uh, Vince McMahon spends about four minutes telling corporate America that he run this and you can't get him for anything and buy and when I'm in this together and I love you fans. And then Mike dropped and walked out, which thankfully, because then that game was Riddle, now serious Riddle, he came out and he started crying. And, and again, that's not a negative, just saying he was full of emotion, gave an emotional promo about he is not just perfunctorily doing this for Randy Orton, but he truly believes that he is Randy Orton's friend, he's Randy Orton's bro, and that is motivation to murder Roman Reigns. And he's not just some goofy guy who, you know, kicks his sands and smokes weed. That he's actually a guy who's going to do some damage and really hurt uh, Roman Reigns. So every once in a while, serious riddle is good. Um, you thought that Cody Rhodes versus Rollins should have ended at Raw in a Cell. Well, we get Mad Cat Moss versus Hyperman again in a last laugh match. Um, no denying that Moss is good and really athletic, and he's he's definitely going to be a good. He's got to work on the promos just a little bit because he just kind of comes off as clumsy a little bit. But I think if he's really uh the fans back, uh, he should be able to uh he should be able to become a pretty likable, believable babyface. I don't want him to be madcap anymore. I think he should move on from that and become more of like you know maybe just a goofy guy, just like I don't know. Um, he's wearing all black because that's what you do when you want to separate a guy and, and have a complete uh, change. Uh, Happy Corbin, on the other hand, did what, did what he did. It wasn't that bad of much, really. Um, I think the crowd was into it. Um, Boss is from there, from Minneapolis, so uh, he got kind of the hometown pop. Uh, good big man work. I never really get convinced of Baron Corbin's strength because, again, he doesn't really have the bodybuilder physique. But, of course, the dude is saying 300 pounds and, and, you know, former NFL lineman, former Golden Gloves boxer. He knows athletically what to do. And the match looks really good. So good for those guys. It's just I don't know if it's going to end the feud or not. But what did happen was Pat McAfee uh, in, uh, enjoined the crowd to laugh at Happy Corbin out of the arena, which segued right into the New Day coming out. And I don't know, have they dropped the King Woods completely? I hope not, but they I guess they did. And you've got New Day versus Dinner Mahal and Shanky. Now, before I even get into this, because I have not been watching SmackDown. Me before I get into this. Just like hindering the gender. Isn't it time for him to be a champ again in some fashion? I always have a soft spot. Even for before I took over the podcast, I would go to bat for Jinder Mahal. If you back way when I did this podcast for the Ohio Media School, with the Ohio Media School, 
with James and Aaron. Um, I was a big fan of Jer. I was not a fan of the obvious in Indian stereotype, uh, but he's a really good wrestler, and I really believed in Jinder Mahal. And I still do, of course. Don't hinder the gender. But he's Mickey, who, again, WWE wanted to be a corporate entity, wanted want to make these big. Uh, WWE is huge in India, and they have their favorites and Shanky there uh, to dance because the one mistake that you make is telling Vince McMahon you can dance. That's his thing now. And, of course, now the tension between the tag team is, uh, I don't want you to dance. I'm a dance. So the heel doesn't want the dancing. The heel's serious. But the goofy guy, you know, is is doing the dancing. And actually, I'm really, I know I'm a fan of tag teams that don't get along. As long as they end up getting the belts. Because it's more entertaining if the tag team doesn't get along and they have the belt. Now, I know that, of course, Vince also doesn't care about tag team wrestling. Which is why the Usos have the belts now. Because it is what it is. And they're not going to be fighting anybody. And tag teams are abysmal at best in WWE. But if you're going to do this, and you're going to put your guy over, and you're going to make the big star and a big splash in WWE as far as uh, the Indian market goes, go ahead and put the belt on these guys. What's it going to kill you? If you could give us a convincing run as tag champs, even if for a little bit, if for somehow they move on, then maybe you could transition to, oh, I don't know, the Viking Raiders, who, like, they're going to get uh, a repush again, which is, again, unfortunate. Not because of the skill level of the wrestlers, but because of Vince doesn't care about tag teams. Uh, the, of course, the comedy spot is Wood starts playing, uh, was it Eugenia, Frederica? I don't even think he names his trombones anymore. And as he starts playing, Shanky started dancing, which upset the modern-day Maharaja. Uh... Tagged himself in, but Kofi hits Jinder with the Trouble in Paradise, and Jinder is yelling at Shanky. So either one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to fully be in the tag picture and take it and have that dynamic, or at some point Jinder is just basically going to turn on Shanky. Which would be a mistake because it doesn't look like Shanky's ready for uh, Mike Rapone yet. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Amos bored us with a segment about how they're going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match, and they had to do a match to get into the match. So, you know, again, it is what it is. Another uh, disappointment is Raquel Rodriguez, used to be uh, Raquel Gonzalez, uh, who used to be um, Re uh, Reina Gonzalez. Uh, so it is what it is. Um, and disappointment meaning they just have no idea how to book her. She was kind of stuck because she was getting close to that uh, Rhea Ripley level. And it's probably a good thing that they made Rhea Ripley cut her hair and dye it black and do all the weird face makeup and all that stuff because you've got Raquel Rodriguez who's basically just as big and strong as she is. And I've always liked Raquel Rodriguez anyway. So I'm glad she's getting a push and she did beat Shayna Baszler who apparently is there to put all the young talent over and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, someone of Shayna Baszler's talent to be more than just tag team champion, but you know, uh, with wrestle with female wrestlers walking out, never coming back. You know, maybe it's easier, maybe it's not. Who knows? Uh, by the way, uh, Rodriguez uh, has 
renamed her finisher the Tejana Bomb because uh, one of the wrestler announcers said it wrong and offended somebody in the uh, Hispanic Latino market, so they don't want that again. And meanwhile, Lacey Evans is also doing commentary because they don't know what to do with her, and I think they're finally realizing that hard Lacey Evans is not working the well the way they thought. So they're probably going to bring her back as a as a heel and probably after uh, Raquel and probably uh, you know beat her down from behind and say I had to work hard and your dad was a pro wrestler so blah blah blah. Um, match itself I liked uh, pretty good. You know it did what it did. It wasn't very long. Uh, Raquel's uh, big boot is nasty. Um, you know her she really does move well for a big woman. Uh, presence is is huge. Um, you know, I don't know, again, Vince wants people to smile. He wants all the women to smile, though. But uh, to be a monster heel, I don't know, just maybe it doesn't fit her. I thought being a monster heel fit her. Maybe it doesn't. But at least she's still wrestling like a big a, a big woman. So good for her. And then, of course, the main event was Reigns defeated Riddle. And this match was very good. It had everything in it. Um, it started off hot, you know, with, uh, Matt Riddle unloading with kicks and shots to the corner. He actually had Roman pretty worn out fit to be tied. So the match itself was very, very, uh, very good. Uh, there was RKO out of nowhere, you know, Randy, he's channeling Randy Orton, doing the Viper stuff, blah, blah, blah. Tried to do the, uh, draping, they don't call it the hangman, uh, uh, DD, the draping DDT, but, uh, Roman, uh, Got out of it, took a powder. Riddle's going out to the floor with floating bros and the brotons. And I'm telling you, like, the match was fire. The match was pretty good. For a SmackDown, again, this is a shell game, right? This is all balanced. This is all move this over here, move that part over here. And you notice when there's drama outside WWE, the WWE just clamps down on the creative and says, no, this is going to happen. It actually gave a really good, hard-hitting, athletic match. Roman Reigns and Riddle. It worked real well. First time in a while that uh, Roman Reigns hasn't fought anybody bigger than him, per se. All of his matches were against Brock Lesnar, uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, etc. You know, bring all the big men in. So to see somebody, even Randy Orton is a big dude. So to see somebody kind of his build and smaller and really go and give that kind of a match, yeah, I mean, good job for Roman Reigns, like a, a true consummate professional. Um, Reigns uh, flipped it on Riddle with a rock bottom, and after that, Superman punch. Uh, Riddle somehow survived and came off with an RK off the top rope, uh, but in the end, it was spear, one, two, three. Uh, Riddle was, I think, going to come off the second rope with like a version of a disaster kick or something to the effect, but Roman caught him in midair. Boom, one, two, three. The head of the table acknowledge him and still WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. And one of the counts, speaking of the refs and how good they are, Rudy Charles was the was the ref. There was a two and seven eighths. I promise you there was three out there. That Riddle had a three count on Roman Reigns. It's that good and that, that sucked you in. Well, that's all you ask for. That match completely sucked me in. It was a vacuum. Everybody was intent. Everybody was so hyped to see Riddle win. And uh, it didn't happen. Uh, the, the tribal chief, the head of the table, the big dog. This is my yard. Acknowledge me. Reigns retains. And right after he reminded Bliss, 
the low uh, filtered fuzzy modulated strum of echo guitar fills the arena and then the clunky power chord bump 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 lights turn red and guess who appears to save the day that's it the conquering hero the beast incarnate barack lesnar shows up ladies and gentlemen and takes over he confronts roman reigns and gives the entire bloodline an f5 for the problem so again the shell game right brock you need to come and save us Vince is in trouble. We're crapping ourselves. We don't know what to do. And now we're going to get a last man standing match at SummerSlam. So, okay. I know some of you are sick of it. Some of you don't want to see it. Uh, I don't know what you expect at this point. I don't even think he's going to win, even if he does show up for payday. And, of course, this is going to probably lead to Crown Jewel or some crazy uh, Saudi Arabian show that no one wants to go to and no one wants to see. But uh, that's probably what's going to happen. So, who knows? But at least it's fun, and maybe it'll give us some closure to Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Lesnar might even win the belt back and kind of help WWE feel secure about having a star who's internationally known, a big man. I mean, you know, who knows? Brock is getting up there, too. He's no spring chicken. He's got to be in his mid to late 40s. We're probably similar aged. So I'm sure that it's, it's not going to last forever. And I don't even expect Brock, even if he does win at SummerSlam, I don't expect them to keep it into, uh, into WrestleMania. I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. But uh, Brock could be a nice conquering hero to get Buzz back in the WWE, thus proving to everyone once and all who is the real booker, who is the real show when it comes to professional wrestling as a global entity. And that, of course, is WWE, if they can survive the turmoil that they put on themselves. Well, that's the end of the show. I went a little long, uh, but I knew it was a lot to discuss. It was a lot to think about. So thank you guys for joining me on the show today. Again, don't forget to check me out on all my social media, not just on Facebook, but other places as well, in case you want to go to check me out. Uh, you can see this whole show again on Rumble. You could see uh parts and clips of the show and other places that i put on put stuff on and you could also share and subscribe i've been seeing a lot of uh, new likes to the heel and face page which i really appreciate and thank you very much for uh joining me and letting me know and letting your friends know that i exist and and uh it's great uh i really see a lot of positive movement upward on the page so thank you guys for uh, all you do to uh, be a part of the show. And of course, you can comment below when you need to. Uh, you can get a hold of me. I'll check both the Heel and Face and the Heel Turn Wrestling pages to see what y'all think. And you know, just let me know. Also, you can check the audio version of this podcast on your favorite podcast streaming service. So uh, that's it for me. That's it for me, the big old Stevie C. I'm out of here uh, for another week. In pro wrestling, I'm going to actually try to watch wrestling, and I know you should too. Uh, if, if the WWE is too much for you to bear, and you're an AEW fan, stay in AEW. Or at least put it on your front burner. It's not on mine, but I'm not going to hate you if you're an AEW fan. Um, if you 
I want to just concentrate on MLW, NWA, local indies. Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah is coming back, apparently, in a big way. There's a lot of uh, gaijin, a lot of uh, North American wrestlers, both the United States and Canada, that are uh, part of Noah in a big way right now. So you can uh, check them out, too. It's just free plug. It's really nothing behind it. There's no... Uh, Anything for me to uh, to gain by telling you guys to go to know. I'm just saying, if the WWE is too depressing for you right now, there is plenty of other pro wrestling out there to check out. So I really hope you do. That's it for me. Big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, signing off for another edition of the Heal and Face podcast. Podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. Thanks for joining me today. And as always... Peace.